Welcome to the Courtside Hoops podcast with Reg and Buckets. Uh, I'm Reg and I'm joined by Buckets. Um, the normal question would be, how are you? But my guess is pretty good after uh, after game one today. Yes, very happy, very excited. <laughs> uh, 1-0 up, 3 to go. So very, and very it, good it, start from the Lakers. The, the result was uh, pretty much what you were hoping for for all four games, for it to be a blowout. So uh, you can't ask for much more from, from your end. That's right. <laughs> today. My, my heart rate dropped a little bit when we were up 32, but then uh, started to rise when they brought it back to about 15 there late. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know you're a true fan. When, yeah, everyone else is like, the game's over, and you're like, don't say that. Don't, say <laughs> don't, that. don't ever go the early crow. <laughs> well, um, for the listeners um, who are probably maybe like me and have sort of only seen bits and pieces or... Um, or haven't seen any of it yet. Um, I thought you might, we might start off if you can sort of give a recap of um, of the game, um, and then obviously we'll, we'll get into more uh, talking points from there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the game started out as I probably expected it to. Um, Miami being a big underdog um, in the game, you you expect them to come out sharp because they they can't afford to to give Lakers a start if they're going to have any chance of winning the game. So I expected them to come out hot, which they did. They got up um, a 13-point lead early, um, playing very well. Jay Crowder, um, he found his shot again. He was 3-for-3 from 3.1 in the first quarter. Jimmy Butler was playing very well. He went 4-from-4. Pretty much all their their guys, you know, they were were getting through their sets. Everything was going really well, and, and it was... You, you notice, if you've watched LeBron in the playoffs over the years, you know game one is always a feel-out game. So, you know, he's 1-8 and eight in, in finals game ones. Um, so I always expect him especially to start slow in series because he generally comes out to see what's happening, to get through different sets, look for different options for his team, see what the defense is doing, and then start to pick apart the mismatches and, and what the defenses are giving him. Um, and that's that's basically what happened in the first quarter. Um, and that's why Miami was able to get that early 13-point lead. Um, but I was surprised at how quickly the Lakers were able to come back. So by the end of the first quarter, that 13-point lead was gone and ended up being, I think, the Lakers finished the quarter three points up. Um, and a lot of that had to do with um, KCP hit a couple of threes. Um, they got Bam um, his second foul, which meant he had to leave in the first quarter with about three minutes to go. And that's when you could just see that height is the biggest factor in this this series. Soon as Bam went to the bench, they just peppered Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard around the rim, and they just dominated down there. Um, so yeah, they went into quarter three points up. Second quarter was just basically a continuation from that in terms of the Lakers were shooting lights out from the three-point line, um, and they were just dominating down low. Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, LeBron were just having field days around the rim, and there was one shot from Miami. As soon as they missed, they secured the rebound, and then they were off, which is how they built a big lead going into the half. Jimmy Butler was really the only one in the second quarter that could still um, get anything on the offensive end of the floor for Miami. Um, and Rondo come in as he does in that second quarter when LeBron goes to the bench and just continued to run the offense, you know, work over the mismatches um, and start to build this lead. Went into the half, 
um, and you just wondered. Um, we heard about Gron Dragic. Um, he didn't come out after half time with his foot injury, which is obviously a huge blow. That he was their leading scorer up until this point in the playoffs. Um, so in the third quarter, the Lakers really started to um, pick apart mismatches. LeBron basically started to um, seek out Duncan Robinson, get him in one-on-one situations, and really attack that mismatch. Because we know Robinson, um, you know, he struggles on the defensive end of the floor. Um, and again, the height of the, the Lakers just was killing them. Um, there was about four or five plays where LeBron, Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis just played hockey with the foot with the basketball um, and got easy dunks, easy layups. And again, as soon as Miami missed a shot, it was one shot, rebound, out. At one point, the Lakers, I think, were 13 of 19 from the three-point line, which is just unheard of for them. They're not a great perimeter shooting team, but in that zone that Miami were playing, they were getting great open looks and knocking him down. And that's how they built that 30, you got out to as much as a 32-point lead. And the game was pretty much done with six minutes to go in the third quarter. Um, from that point on, it was really just a, a, you know just letting the time run out. Um, understandably, the Lakers played the score and not the game. So they let Miami bring it back to, I think they got as close as 15 in the last quarter. Um, but that was just because they were... Really, a lot of the fourth quarter was just sort of stat padding for, for LeBron and, and Anthony Davis and, and the other guys. Um, yeah, as I said, the game was pretty much done with six minutes to go in the third quarter. Um, Bam got hurt um, in the third quarter as well, which obviously um, is, is a huge blow for Miami. I hope in, in terms of, and we'll talk about this more with the injuries and things, but I hope him going to the locker room and not returning was more a precaution because of the state of the game when he got hurt. Um, if the game had been closer, you know, he might have been able to come back. I, so I hope it's not as serious as what that would normally entail if a guy doesn't reappear from the locker room. Um, but we'll talk about that. But yeah, Lakers just did exactly what they needed to do. They found mismatches. They used their advantages being high three-point shooting against the zone. Um, and, and we're clicking on all cylinders, really, for three quarters um, and just show that they're, when they're going, um, they're a far better side. So. Excellent. That's a, uh, that's a really good recap there. I, I don't need to watch any more now. I've watched a uh, few highlights and, and now got that one. So <laughs> um, that's perfect. If anybody doesn't get the chance to watch the game, you've, you've just got the, uh, the full game in about five minutes. So that's, there. That's, that's really good. Um, I think we've, I don't want to take anything away from the Lakers and, and we'll sort of touch on them more, but I think we needed to just go straight into the, these injuries. Um, so uh, Woj has reported that uh, Bam's shoulder x-rays were negative, which is a good thing. There was nothing particular that, that came out, so you hope it's just a strain or you know, a bit, bit of soreness, um, that sort of thing. Um, Goron, on the other hand, has a, uh, a tear in his plantar fascia. I don't know how to say it, plantar fascia or whatever, it, whatever it's called. That's pretty close, I think. Um, which doesn't sound good. Um, and I've seen here a, uh, a tweet that says Joe Johnson suffered one um, during the playoffs in 2013 and he would go on to receive an injection in his foot every game thereafter to basically not feel anything um, to, to continue to be able to play, but that his, his, his performance dropped um, significantly. So it's a, it's a massive, massive hit for um, Miami losing him, as you mentioned. They're leading, he's, they're, he's their leading scorer. He's a shot creator. He's not just getting his own, but he, he can set up other guys. Um, and 
I think for a guy like, um, say, Duncan Robinson, who had a game that he'd rather forget today. Um, I don't think he ended up scoring, or if he did, it was not when I saw. He had zero through through three, I think, when I was like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm done. Um, and I think he, he needs shot creators around him because he can't, he's not the kind of guy who can create his own shot. He, he'll move around and just needs to catch and shoot. Um, and by having one less creator, you know, it puts a lot more pressure on... Um, on guys like him to, to do something that I guess is outside of their, their comfort zone. Um, so, yeah, two, two big hits um, for, for Miami. Jimmy obviously rolled his ankle but, but seemed to play through and in his post-game spoke about that he, he'd be all right. Um, so that's good. At least we know that Bam should be okay. Um, even if it, even if he is a, bit, a little bit restricted, it still seems like he'll, he'll be a go. But I'd be surprised if we saw Goran... Um, and if we do, you know what what we'll get out of him will be will be interesting to see. Um, yeah, not not what you want, you know. You you want everybody healthy from a competitive standpoint, so that um, um, you know you got you got the best of both teams going at it. Yeah, that's right. I think any any competitor and any fan you know hates to see when players get injured, especially important players. Um, we understand it's a part of the game. You can't control it. You've just got to play with with who's out there. Um, I'm obviously not a doctor or anything like that, but is the plantar fascius, is that, is that the one in your foot that if you snap it, it's better? Remember that story about Robert Harvey all those years ago when he would jump, he was jumping off a table to try to snap it because once it's gone, then you don't feel it and you can keep going. It it might be a different, if anyone knows, jump on and and let us know. Um, if (laughs) if I'm talking about a completely different thing in your foot. But hopefully it is that. So if if it's gone, hopefully then because they were saying he could put pressure on his foot when he was leaving the locker room and wasn't in a boot. So you know, fingers crossed, it's 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 that, and he you know he can come back and, and play. But that story about Joe Johnson doesn't sound great. But at least if he can get an injection, he could be on the floor, which is obviously going to help um, if he can get out there and, and be anywhere near um, the production he was giving them. Um, and from a you know just from an offensive perspective, being able to still run their normal sets and things like that, um, and and be a factor because you know you don't want um, yeah it was already a mismatch um, as it as it stood and we, we understood that Miami would have to be at the top of their game and um, and the Lakers would need to leave the door open for them to to really have a chance to to win this series so. To lose their leading scorer just makes that gap even more, um, which you don't you don't want. You want the best players playing. Um, Jimmy, yeah, as you said, he he returned. Um, he didn't actually leave the game, and then obviously played the whole second half. So hopefully, you know, there's always a lot of ankle turns in basketball, so they should be able to get him up and up and going. And but Bam, as we said, going into the series, he's the most important player for Miami, um, and. As I said in the recap, when he got that second foul in the first quarter and had to leave the game, the 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 advantage the Lakers have in the height department is just so great that you know Solomon Hill and Kelly Olynyk they're just it's boys against men. So if Bam's not able to go, you know this thing is is it's not going to be close. So that's a good sign that that's negative and he can get back out there and, and be a factor. Yeah, the rebound count was fifty four thirty six in Lakers. Lakers way. I mean, I I shouldn't really read out team stats because Miami just got 
annihilated in every single category. There's nothing that looks good on their end at all. <laughs> um, it was just it was just a a, a run that um, a, a championship, a team that looks like they're going to win it all makes. Um, the, the experience, um, the 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 way they attack that zone, um, which was really exposed. Um, other guys, put it this way: for, for I'm not sure how how it um, what the what the total um, uh, points off the bench were, but you know we spoke about in the last pod about the the that um, Miami uh, that Lakers might have the best two players, but Miami's got the next five. It certainly wasn't that way today. Those those Lakers um, role players, um, not just like the other the other three of, of the starters, and then the guys of the bench were just fantastic, and they were outplaying Miami's. Miami has no chance if they're going to lose the, the bench battle. Absolutely none, because then it relies on their starters, you know, winning against eighteen LeBron, and that's just not going to happen. So they really really need to step up. Um, and I was I was a bit surprised. Um, you know, we, we um, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, comparisons between um, this Miami team and the, the 2004 uh, Pistons team, um, and they openly admitted back then that their their uh, focus was to to let Shaq and, and Kobe have theirs and shut everybody else down. And I thought, you know, Miami might try to do something similar today, but they were just way out of sorts um, from the get go, and it's hard not to overreact. To that one game, um, I know we always say game one's a feeler, but it, there's just overreactions everywhere on some social media. All the experts are now saying, "Get the brooms out!" Like, where, where? What's your thoughts on on that? Yeah, well, the the beauty of of playing series in basketball is is number one, generally the best team is going to win outside of injuries or, or um, things like that. Um, but the other thing is that. It doesn't matter if you win by 50 or you win by one. You still only get one win. So even though the, the Lakers dominated all facets of today's game, they're still only up 1-0. So they don't get extra points for, for dominating and you get the same amount of wins if you just get over the line. So from a Miami point of view, they're only down 1-0. So, you know, they did a lot of things wrong but now they get to go away they get to watch film they get to make adjustments and then they get to come back at 0-0 for game two and have another go at trying to um, pick up a win the thing for Miami I think is if you're going to run a lot of zone especially a 3-2 zone which they like to do that's to obviously stop three-point shooting so if you're going to do that you can't allow the looks that the Lakers were able to get in today's game. As I said, at one point in the third quarter, I think it was there were 13 of 19 from the three-point line. So if you're going to be running a zone defense and you know you're undersized and they've got an advantage in the height department, you then can't give up that kind of production from the three-point line as well because then both sides, you're losing the inside battle, you're losing the outside battle, you're losing the bench battle. Like, there's no front that you're actually winning on. So that's how you're going to get blown out and be down 30-plus in a game. So they need to make a decision. So they were running double teams at LeBron, but we know how smart LeBron is. So when they're running the double teams, that's then pulling them out of their zone formation and then he's obviously going to find the right guy which is an open three-point shooter or he's getting it to Anthony Davis or Dwight down low and they're just dominating. So they need to make a decision, okay, are we going to stay in this zone format and try to limit three-point shooting and 
back ourselves to be able to stop LeBron penetrating and things like that? Or are we just going to send double teams at Anthony Davis and LeBron James and then the other guys have to stay at home and play man-to-man defense so they don't have open three-pointers? It's, it's a really hard balance for Miami because it's really pick your poison. Like They're going to have to do everything right on the defensive end and not miss any assignments because as soon as they do, LeBron and AD are just going to kill them. So for Spo, I just don't know which way. If it was me coaching, I would trust the zone and stop the three-point shooting because I don't think even running double teams at players as good as LeBron and Anthony Davis, I think just opens up too many options. Like they're too good at passing out of those and it takes you so much out of your normal defensive structures that you end up losing on the the superstar front and on the three-point shooting. So I think they have to make a decision, okay, let's stop shooting threes so they don't go on these 12-0 runs in four possessions. Let's limit that and let's live with what Anthony Davis and LeBron can do individually. Um, But it's, it's such a hard thing to do when you've got such good players and a good team unit like the Lakers because whichever way you go it's going to be a very difficult thing to stop yeah yeah spot on I think and, and, and we all I think Jimmy put it perfectly um, uh, after the game today when he said we knew we have to be near perfect in order to in order to win and and you know we were, we were nowhere near that but it's they understand that they that as a team they have to be you know, really, really as close to perfect as they can be in order to, to be a chance of, of winning this series. Um, they're not, yeah, they're confident, but they, they don't, they're not unrealistic, I guess, in, in that, that sense. Um, I was pretty impressed that um, uh, there didn't appear to be a sense of panic um, from them, and, and that's something that, um, you know, we've seen all throughout, really, is, is they take it as it comes, um, you go back, you make the adjustments. I do think Miami's going to be far better in game two. I don't think this, that the way that game one played out is the way that it's going to be um, for um, the, the entire four games, and that's it. Uh, however, um, it, it's, it, I don't have a lot of confidence. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we spoke about in the last part about c- can Miami win this, and I was of the view that, 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 that they can't. Um, I think maybe a couple of games tops, and, and now I think a couple of games tops is, is um, you know, best-case scenario. No longer what I thought it would potentially be. I think it's best-case scenario because every game that goes off, you then start, you then start to think, okay, Miami's now going to win four of the next six in order to win the title. You know, there's six games left. They've got to win four. Lakers only have to win three. If it then becomes, if they then go 2-0 up, you then start to look at look. It's near impossible now for yeah. You, you're not going to beat that team when there's that big a gap, I guess, um, in, in the two superstars that the Lakers have, and, and then um, Miami. Not taking anything away from them, but it, it, we we know that stars stars win in this league, and it's it's so important that, that you have those those caliber um, of players in order to win. You almost need them. You know, you can be a great team, but you almost need those guys to to, to actually win it. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't want to overreact, but it's hard. It's hard not to. Um, as you say, it's one zero, and and that's the beauty of it. Um, Spo and Jimmy both spoke about everything they did wrong, and there was a lot of it. Um, as as I said before, they pretty much lost every single facet of the game. Um, but you're right. I think with that that zone is a is a real critical one because Miami was top three um, 
uh, like uh, three-point shooting team in the regular season um, in, in terms of makes. So that they really relied on that. Um, it's dropped off a little bit in the playoffs, but they still need to win the three-point battle against the Lakers if they're going to be a chance. That's, that's a battle they can't lose because, as we know, down low, they're definitely not going to win. I mean, AD had like 34 or something today and Bam had like 10 or something like that. Like it was... It was, you know, I was saying they have to at least draw even. That's not even close. You're not going to win many games when there's that big a gap between those two players, um, irrespective of obviously um, LeBron and the rest of them. So it's yeah, it's hard not to overreact, but it also doesn't give you a lot of confidence going forward. Um, and from a from a, um, a a fan's perspective, who doesn't go for either team t- today's like I didn't, I didn't watch the fourth quarter. Um, because it was just like, ah, oh, no, it's, it's over. You know, it's, I'm not going to watch just to watch the time run out, like as you mentioned earlier. Um, so it's, yeah, you, you sort of, from a, you want it to be competitive, you know what I mean? Um, although, having said that, Lakers fans are probably more than, more than happy for it to, to play out for the next three games in the same way. Yeah, that's right. And you make a good point um, saying that the Miami Heat need to be near perfect to have a chance. Um, it's very similar to what we saw those last two, so the 2017 and 2018 finals. You know, you going into that, you knew for Cleveland to win, they had to be near perfect, and they needed something on the Warriors' side to um, be less than for them to win the game. So if you were to put those two teams together and both played 100% of their capacity, Golden State were you know, 20% better than those Cleveland teams, even with Kyrie and Kevin Love. Um, So you knew Cleveland couldn't make any mistakes and they needed something to give on the Golden State. They needed to uh, miss shots and miss defensive assignments and be less than their best for Cleveland to win. And that's what we're seeing in this series. And even more so if Bam and and, um, Goran um, aren't able to go at 100%, the gap just is much bigger. So... You know, we saw today that the Lakers were, you know, close to playing as as good a basketball as they've played in the bubble. Um, and if they do that, even if Miami plays their absolute best, the Lakers are still a better team. So Miami need to play so much better and the Lakers need to, you know, give something on their side and make some mistakes, miss some shots and be less than their best for Miami to even win a game. So... Yeah, as you say, from a fan's perspective, that's not great. Like, unless you're a Golden State fan those last two years when they had Kevin Durant, those finals weren't great viewing. Like, they were over in five and four games, and I was a LeBron fan, and you're just sitting there and you're just like, you just knew that there was very little chance that the Cleveland um, team could take a game unless um, the Warriors weren't at their best. And that's what we're seeing here, you know. We talk about the defensive end. Like, it is such a hard thing because when they're in a man defense, LeBron, as I said in the second quarter and third quarters, he just he just picks apart mismatches. When they go to the zone, okay, they get them rattled and then they just dominate them down low. When they're in a half zone, half double, they just picked them apart from the three-point line. Like, whatever Miami were trying to do, they had the Lakers had answers for. So that's... It's very difficult. Like, we've all played sport where you just come up against a team that has just got so many more weapons and is just overall a better side. If they're playing at their best, unfortunately, you're just you're not good enough, you know? It's similar to the Spurs in 2007. They were just so much better. Like, 
you know, Lakers against Philadelphia 2001, you know, when you're just a better team, you know, you, you see these lopsided finals matchups. Yeah, that's it. And, and those 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 uh, teams on the other side do have to be near perfect. And you're right, something almost needs to go wrong for the, for the better team. Um, yes. It's not just that the other team has to play well. The other, the, the top team nearly needs to something has to go wrong. They didn't play poorly, or you know, someone gets injured, albeit, or something like that. You know, which you just don't want to see those things happen. You want to see sort of two competitive teams um, going at it. I, I am. I, I do feel like um, Miami didn't play as well as they can. Um, yes. So that gives me a little bit of little bit of confidence um, that um, you know even even though it was it was such a lopsided um, game in the end that sort of that first half um, they were pretty pretty good um, pretty competitive they looked all right um, and then you know things sort of sort of blew out from there and and I guess that's the hard thing a bit like um, you know we've spoken about in, in previous pods when um, when you're hanging around with the Warriors and they bomb three three pointers in a row and it's just like oh here we go and then the next thing you know it's out to 20, 20 25 points like. The, the good teams can just do that, um, and this Lakers team, with led by obviously LeBron and AD, have that ability to just just blow it out. So, so Miami, you have to be locked in like so every single possession, um, as as cliche as it is, in order to, in order to be a chance. So, I'm I'm hoping it's a little bit of, um, uh, you know, Miami just played really really bad. They were a bit, um, I don't know, the young guys were a bit nervous by the the moment. Um, you know, and they do, can sort of peg it back and, and make it a little bit more competitive. Um, but then I also don't know how much better the Lakers can play. Like, were they? Did they do it fairly easy today, or have they still got another gear? Because then Miami's even in more trouble. Um, so I'm just trying to bridge that gap and, and make it smaller between the two, so we can, you know, we can get we can get a few games, um, uh, you know, beyond I guess a sweep. Um, which would for, for non-Lakers fans would be the worst outcome. It always is the worst outcome of any finals when it's a sweep and, and your team is not the team that's that's doing the sweep in. Um, what, uh, we were talking a bit about Duncan earlier, how he struggled. What did you think of Tyler today? Yeah, so Tyler, you could tell the Lakers, you know, they, they knew what they wanted to do. They knew the players they wanted to attack and they they really did go after those two guys. Um, I think they understand that perimeter shooting is such a big part of the game and you can see if you if you can get on a roll from the three-point line how quickly you can um, open it open a lead up so you know they they were locked in on the defensive end of the floor and they were giving him very little space both him and Duncan Robertson you could see they were working so hard off the ball you know they would do and dribble handoffs give it off run to a new spot get it back and the defense was still right there every single time um, so you, you it's very difficult when you're a rookie player in the NBA alone in your first year let alone on the NBA finals against a team that's as good defensively as the Lakers um, so, yeah, he, he didn't look like he was overawed by the moment, but when you've got a team that has done its homework, got a scouting report on you and, and executes that, there's very little you can do, especially when you're, you're a player that's not necessarily um, going to create your own shot one-on-one. Um, you know, if you're trying to um, run off screens and, and, and get open looks and things like that, and you've got guys like Danny Green and KCP continually just running you off even guys as smart as Rondo, it's going to be a long night. So, you know, they'll go back, they'll watch film, hopefully they'll make some adjustments, but they're coming up against a very, very good 
defensive team. Um, you know, those guys are very good perimeter defenders, and he's a 20-year-old rookie, so you know, big learning curve. And, and Duncan Robinson even more so. He, he At least Tyler can do some things off the dribble. Duncan Robinson's going to have a very long series if they stay locked in on the defensive end. If, um, if we don't see uh, any more or, or limited Goran going forward... Um, uh, I noticed Kendrick Nunn, although it was in junk time, came on and, and did some good things. Do you think that he is, is the likely guy to, to, to get some of those minutes? Yeah, I think he's the most obvious that he'll, he'll take on most of those minutes. Um, how effective he can be, I don't know, because a, a lot of what he did was when the game was already done and yeah. the Lakers really were just going through the motions, um, you know, as I said, stat padding and things like that, just basically trying to run the clock out. Um, so, yeah, sometimes it can work in your favour, especially in the initial game after an injury if, if Goran can't go um, because your scouting report obviously changes um, and they're going to look a lot different on the offensive end with none compared to a, a, a Goran. So um, it would be interesting to see how he can go when the game is still in hand um, because, junk, as we know, playing basketball, junk time, you're just letting guys get layups and get open shots. Like It's completely different to when the game's actually going. Um, I think for him, being a rookie could be tough for him, but you just never know coming into a system where Lakers don't have the scouting report to see how they run things with him at the point um, could work in their favour for game two. It's pretty... It's pretty um, I just thought about it um, then as we were talking about none, that yeah, they've got none... Uh, Hero and Duncan Robinson, who are all such a massive part of that team, and they're all rookies. Like, it's pretty, uh, it's it's pretty remarkable, really. That yeah, that doesn't happen very often that you see a team where where three rookies are such an important part of a of a team that makes it to the finals. Like, that's pretty pretty rare. Um, mm-hmm. And not only are they in the finals now, they they're going to need to be ten year veterans overnight because <laughs> this team desperately needs them. Um, and, and if Goran can't go, there's 20-odd points plus that they're going to have to find from somebody else, and that's just to draw even. That's not to, with, with what they would normally average, that's not to obviously then play a near-perfect game. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it, was an uphill, it was an uphill battle, but I think um, it's, it's, it's not looking better after game yeah. one, you know, um, which is, you know, an unfortunate thing. But as you said, the, the beauty is hopefully they can switch to, it's just one game, it's 1-0, uh, we watch film. Um, we, we play more Miami Heat basketball in Game Two, and um, you know, hopefully, can win the three-point battle. I think that's really important for them um, because if they don't win that, they they just got no chance because they're never going to win inside with with AD and Dwight. Um, and as you saw, poor old Bam was just doing all that he could down there. And as you mentioned, as soon as he wasn't there, it was like the the, the small lineup for for Miami was just it was not good <laughs> at all. No. no. Um, no, I, no, I will no. just say, I will just say uh, a quick shout out to Solomon Hill who did get in the game after I ragged on him in the last, <laughs> last podcast. Got he got was, eighteen minutes up, so he'll be he'll be very tired tonight, <laughs> old Solomon. He was about as effective as you thought he would be too. Yeah, <laughs> he'll be a sore boy after getting eighteen minutes. <laughs> That's you know? right. So. No, no, you're right. It's an uphill battle, and it just got a bit steeper for them. But um, I loved. AD after the game, um, he just focused on the the way they started the game, um, how they allowed the 13-point lead early, 
uh, and they can't they can't do that. They can't afford to start slow, so you can just tell that they're locked in. They're not they're not thinking this this is just going to be a cakewalk, and they're just going to lay over. They're locked in. They're focused. They want this championship, and they want it as quickly as possible. They they don't want to play one more game than they have to. So if they can get this over in four, they'll be very happy. Yeah, and obviously they've got that that added. Um, um added driver of just wanting to get out of this bubble, get your championship and go home and you know, be able to spend some time at home with, with loved ones because they've been in there now, you know, I, I don't know how long, but it's been a while. I think it's 90 days, um, I think, or 91 days. Yeah, it's a long time to be in the one place where you just go from your room to the court to your room to the court. Like, you know, it's it's not sort of normal life. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised they want to get it over and done with as quick as possible. And also you don't want to give it a, a young team confidence. Um, and the longer it goes on, the more confidence that, that um, you know, we've seen these young guys like a Tyler Hero and, and that sort of get. And then, you know, once, they're, once they've got that confidence, it's, you know, it's anyone's sort of anyone's game. So, um, yeah, dis- uh, from my perspective, a disappointing game one. Obviously, pretty, di- pretty different perspective than yours. But um, I hope, hopefully tomorrow we hear that, uh, that Jimmy's good, Bam's good, um, and then we get to see... Um, you know, the, the adjustments that Spoh's made and if, if there's one guy who can throw caution to the wind and, and try things, it's Spo. You know, he, his basketball brain is, as we've spoken about, as good as anyone. So I am looking forward to seeing um, what he thinks, you know, what changes he thinks they can make to, to improve. And again, after the game, he pretty much echoed what Jimmy did, that they lost nearly everything in, in terms of the game. But, um, you know, they'll, they'll work on things and... and and come back and they know that they've got to be at their best to be able to contain, you know, LeBron and AD. So they're still on the same page, which is good to see. It's not like they're, you know, it's not the Boston Celtics where they're going to the locker room and had a go at each other and, you know, hell's broken loose there. They've still got that focus and, uh, and hopefully that will um, play in their favor. Yeah, absolutely. Just one thing I wanted to ask you before we finish up, what yep. did, um, what did you make of Scotty Pippen's comments about it's not NBA basketball, it's just pick up basketball? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's happening with Scotty. He's, um, he's, he's gone sort of, I don't know, a bit off the rails. Um, he made a comment the other day about the, the, um, the Bulls new high too, how it's, it's nothing. Like he's never done anything. Donovan's never done anything. And like, it was just a bit, well, righto. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like almost like that. I know Kendrick Perkins, who I'm not a big fan of, but he always talks about the old school mentality and you guys are just old guys who hate today's players and blah, blah. And it's like, well, gee, Scotty's not doing himself any favours because he's putting himself right into that category. <laughs> um, and, and if anything, uh, and we have spoken about this before, I think it's, it's almost harder, um, particularly for these top-seeded teams because they don't get the benefit of home court advantage. Um, and I know people say, well, look, that you know, there's no travel involved, so if you're a got an older team that's beneficial and things like that because they got more recovery time and but I I definitely don't think that like if I think if, if I think if there's an asterisk next to the title it's it's for a, like it was harder not not that it's not that it was weaker um, particularly as we spoke about with role players who feed off crowds and things like that they don't have that anymore so it's you, you've got to create your own um, momentum and your own um, adrenaline, um, and that's not easy to do. Um, so I, I don't, I disagree with Scotty, um, but I find myself unfortunately disagreeing with Scotty on a lot of things <laughs> in in recent times. Um, what do you reckon about about old Pippin's comments? Yeah, it was odd timing. Um, you know, whether he just wanted to get a headline or whether you know he's um, you know 
you know, there's a, obviously all the, the goat debates are happening at the moment. So whether it's a bit of trying to, you know, support his guy Jordan without sort of saying it um, and things like that, because I think most people would agree that, um, yes, being in the bubble and not having to travel and it's you just can focus on basketball, you know, would make things easier. But everything outside of that has made their life so much harder the being away from family being away from your children you know they say it's better for older players because they don't have to travel but most of the older players are going to be the ones that have wives that have children that lives have been you know um you know lebron's been away from his kids like they're not in the bubble he's been away for three months um things like that all the social justice things that's going on you know I think anyone that's been through isolation during this pandemic understands that, you know, just being able to focus on one thing and and play basketball isn't necessarily the best thing for some people. Like we 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 know Paul George talked about, um, you know, the dark places he went to, guys needing to leave the bubble for for different reasons. Guys not necessarily being upset that they got knocked out of the playoffs because they got to leave the bubble and, and get back to some normal life. So um, I think you're right. If there is going to be an asterisk, it's because of the, the mental toughness that it has taken. And probably the biggest thing is once the NBA stopped, the teams that were prepared the best are the ones that have been the most successful in the bubble. Teams like Miami and the Lakers and, and things like that. To have that mental toughness to not know if the season was going to get up and going again, but to stay locked in, to stay in shape, to stay sharp with your basketball skills so that when they did get into the bubble, they were ready to go. That, to me, is the hardest thing that they would have had to do because not knowing if the season was going to go and still train like an NBA player to make sure you're at the top of your game would have been so difficult and you could see players that didn't weren't able to perform. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I do have one more for you um, before we wrap it up and um, I I don't want to be like finish on a negative but there was a lot of um, analysts on uh, social media um, somewhat having a go at um, AD and LeBron staying on the court to um, stuff their stats um, and almost uh, saying, you know, they both want to win MVP. So it was like a, let's just get our numbers up against a, a team that was clearly struggling. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, look, I I was watching it. And for me, it did look like um, LeBron was searching out the triple-double um, and did get a couple of late baskets to make the stat line look a bit better at 25 points instead of 19 points. Um, but it's the NBA Finals. I don't have a problem if you stay on the court to make sure that your team doesn't lose. You know, they've, they've played all these games throughout the year. You know, if you, if you want to stay on the court, if you've done all the work to be up 30 and you want to stay on the court in the last 12 minutes to make sure that they don't go on a run because you never know what can happen in an NBA game, stay on the court. And if you want to stay on the court just to get your stats up, that's your prerogative. You've you've done the work to get that lead. And if you're in a position where you can go away from the game plan to pad your stats, you can do it. Now, I'm not impressed. Like, I don't look at his 25, 13, and 9 and put that, you know, in his top 50 playoff games because it's a really good stat line. Like, I understand watching the game that 
there's been games where he's had 25-13-9, and nine, which are completely different to the 25-13-9 and nine he had in that game. But So I don't have a problem. So, But I, I, I understand why people would see it like that, and I view the game not based on the numbers. Whereas if you just looked at the box score, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's another you know, virtuoso LeBron performance. But it's the same argument of people saying you know, they score with 10 seconds to go in a blowout. Like, if you don't want them to score, play defense. If you don't want them um, padding their stats in the fourth quarter in a blowout, don't let them get up by 30. You know, you know, and I'm not saying that the players are the ones complaining, but people watching, like, you're there to win the game. If they want to play 48 minutes to make sure they get the dub, they can play 48 minutes to make sure they get the dub. No problem. Yep. And then I guess in, in on the other flip side, um, Jimmy was playing a lot longer than most people thought he would, um, given given that it was a blowout. Do you have the same view on that side? Yeah. So heaps and, and and you know, is it is it better to to stop? I think and and prepare yourself for the next game, or or um, is it you know? you continue going as long as you want to. Yeah, so as a player and as a coaching staff, they they make the decisions that, like, if Jimmy wants to keep playing, get himself in a rhythm for the next game and, um, you know, whether the doctor said, make sure you keep your ankle warm um, so you continue to play. Like, if you sit out five minutes here, you won't be able to play the rest um, of the quarter or whatever the case may be. But... If, you, if the coaching staff wants you to go in or you as a player want to go in and continue playing even though the game's out of reach, I have no problem with that. That's that's your job is to play. Now, so if his reasons were, okay, we may not win this game, but we could get a rhythm for, for the next game or I can test out my ankle and, and make sure that I can move left to right and jump or, or whatever the case may be, I have no problems with the coaching staff or the players wanting to play. And just because it's... The norm that, you know, in, during the regular season they wouldn't play in a blowout like that, that doesn't mean that that's the right or the wrong thing to do. It's whatever the player wants and whatever the coaching staff want um, to give them the best chance to, to win games of basketball. Yeah, unfortunately it didn't work for D. Rose in 2012, but that's another matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He was no. in there with a minute, minute 24 to go when he tore his ACL and they were up by 12 or something. So oh, anyway, the, the old wounds. There's always the, uh, you know, the, the bad thing to the story. Um, yeah. and I must admit, a lot of the, um, the, the comments that I did see on social media were from Bulls analysts like, get Jimmy out, get Jimmy out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because unfortunately we've, we've seen it enough. <laughs> so just get him out. But I agree with you. I think, I think the rhythm part is a, is a massive part. Um, and some guys just like, no, nah, I just want to keep. I just want to get myself in a rhythm now for the next game. If I keep playing, just work through a few things, work a few things out. Um, you know, it might help me. It might help me down the track. Um, and knowing Jimmy, he's not going to want to leave his teammates out there. Almost like we got down thirty, now put the bench guys in, and they've got to try to. You know, I've always found that a bit rough. Like, well, hang on a minute, these guys didn't get down thirty. You did. Like, you finish it off. Like. You know, and that's that's from from experience of of being on a team where I sat on the bench and played the last thirty seconds in a blowout game. It's like I don't want to get on the court now. I'd rather not be a part of this. Like, so yeah, I think you're right. I think it's people exaggerate a little bit, but then I guess you know if he does get injured, it's like why was he out there? You know, but it's always in hindsight easier to to say yeah, those sorts of things. That's right. And if he comes out in game two and has forty, they'll probably say, oh, it was great that he got those extra reps into his into his ankle to make sure it was right. It was good that he got himself into a rhythm at the end of that game. Like, 
There's yeah. always going to be both sides, but you know these arguments about you know they should be on the bench because they're up by that line. It's like who made those rules? We're here to win a game of basketball, whether it's by one or by fifty. So I'm gonna if I'm the coach, I'm playing my players whatever I think they should play or whatever the player wants to play to make sure we win that game, regardless of yeah. anything else. This is this is the finals. We are here to win, no matter what. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And I must admit. The, the first person, of course, I saw to call out LeBron was um, Skip. And I wasn't going to bring it up just on that. But then I saw a few others and thought, now I've got some ammo to bring it up because I refuse to just bring up anything that he says because we know what it's going to be every single time around. Every single time. <laughs> so I'm, sure, um, I'm sure Undisputed will be a, a good watch tomorrow. That's right. And I, I bet you Michael Jordan would have never played a fourth quarter when they're up that much, ever. <laughs> I think I think one of his tweets actually mentioned oh, Jordan cool. would be sit, sitting around sipping a, a whiskey, laughing or something about it, or something like that. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else from Game One before we wrap it up? Before we come back after uh, Game Two? No, I think that's a pretty good coverage of Game One. Um, now we wait to see what adjustments are made for Game Two. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see. Um, I, I imagine they'll have some media tomorrow, and it's always good, I think, on those off days to, to hear where guys are at, um, particularly from Miami's end. I think that'll be really, really interesting to hear them talk tomorrow, and hopefully we can get we can hear from Bam or, or Goran as well, um, just to see where they're at. Um, and then, yeah, onwards to, to Game 2 on uh, Friday. Sounds good, mate. All right, I will talk to you then. No worries. See you, mate.